0: I'm Roberta Levens, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to help end the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real-life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates as we debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, frauds, scams, and multi-level marketing. Join us all month for stories of true crime, true con, and urban legends from around the world. Happy Halloween, Huns. Hey, Hunbots and Hun Bros. How did you like that first episode of Halloween season? I liked it. I'm like really kind of. Proud of myself. I really fell in love with Bodie, California. Listening to this, and I've been telling my friends as I had been researching this, and I told Abby, and she's really excited about it as well. And we're gonna we're gonna add it to our destination the next time we are up in that area. We are gonna make sure that we swing through Bodie, check it out. Um, I'm really excited for this episode. It is the conclusion of not only the Bodie story but our bomb party story. And I have gotten uh, quite a bit of comments and quite a bit of messages from bomb party people so far. So I'm really excited to see what will come of this. I hear you. I see you. You guys are awesome. And if you want to tell your story, um, we're all about giving victims of these companies and these situations a platform to be able to tell their story in their voice. So if that is something you want to do, please hit me up. I want to welcome our newest Patreon member, Christy Stogner. It is great to have you. And there are some uh, changes coming to our Patreon soon. We're going to have a couple different tiers. I know I've been talking about it, but it's actually going to start happening. Uh, And we are going to have a Discord that's going to be up soon. And also a Patreon-exclusive Discord. I don't know. I don't Discord, but I'll try. Last but not least, I just want to say really quick on this final half of the Bodhi story. I could not have finished producing this story without my amazing friends who, when I said, Hey, I need your help, we've been talking about doing a radio drama anyway. And so I was like, can we do this like little radio drama story? I would love your help. I need voices to read some letters. And and they were all like, yes. So like I just I'm so thankful and I just (laughs) wanted to say thank you. So thank you to the robot princess Michelle the ever-lovely Kayla, our characteristic Tom Nook of the group RK, and everyone's favorite muscle mommy, Savvy. You guys are awesome. I really appreciate it. This is our foray into the radio drama genre, so (laughs) let us know what you think. Enjoy this episode, and I will see you next week with some True Con and Billy McFarland. Enjoy! The curse letters arrive at Bodie State Historic Park every week, usually handwritten, often anonymous, sometimes with an object rattling around inside. The tone is always remorseful. Over the years, the curse of Bodie has been the subject of rumor, ghost hunter lore, and online threads, promising bad luck, health issues, and mysterious tragedies. For years, the guilty consciences of souvenir swipers have been sending their cries for help to Bodie, detailing the misfortune they believe has plagued them ever since and desperately returning their cursed items. Yet the most curious thing about this so-called curse isn't how deeply people believe in it, it's how it started in the first place. This urban legend wasn't born of superstitious gold rush prospectors or naive ghost hunters. It was started by the California Department of Parks and Recreation. And in trying to save a bit of heritage, it's created a new issue that the State Park Service did not expect. So California state parks maintain Bodie in what they call arrested decay, which means the rot is repaired, but it's not replaced. And while some buildings are decayed ruins and wooden shack-like structures, if you look through some of the better preserved windows in the still intact structures, it would reveal a tableau that looks as if someone had lived there recently and everyone just grabbed what they could and moved on. The ghosting of this town was gradual, but what had once been a crowded, bustling town was now fading into an increasing collection of abandoned homes. Many of them were, and are, still filled with the possessions of those who just up and left. Homes show dining tables set with place settings, kitchens stacked with dishes, rooms with beds still made, games of checkers left unfinished. The town morgue displays empty caskets under peeling wallpaper, and trucks are left abandoned at gas stations. Taking in the sights of Bodie from the town cemetery, it's hard not to think about the former residents the tales of robberies, murders, and shootouts over lost poker games, not to mention the vengeful spirits of old gold rush miners, which is how this whole cursed tale got started. You see, theft has always been a problem in Bodhi, even before it was claimed by the state. For locals and visitors alike, Bodhi was that strange dilapidated town out in the middle of nowhere where you could go explore and wander around and maybe pick up a cool freebie or two. In fact, Someone once even took a piano from Bodie. Yeah, they just drove up, loaded it onto their truck, and left. As a state historic park with signs and constant staffing, sticky-fingered visitors continued to take souvenirs. So, Bodie conjured up its own boogeyman. The story of a curse, selectively shared with tourists for decades, to discourage people from lining their pockets with the ghost town treasures. The curse became so well-known that it has since become a part of the town's history and is even mentioned in official park literature. According to a Bodie Park aide, years back, a single park ranger at Bodie apparently invented the notion that misfortune would befall anyone who took something from the park. That maybe, if we started this idea that you'd have bad luck if you took artifacts from Bodie, it would try to keep people from stealing artifacts. These days, the staff is pretty hush-hush about the curse with visitors, And we'll get into that. But still, the cursed letters keep coming. Fair warning for anyone that thinks this is just folklore. My life has never seen such turmoil. Please take my warning and do not remove even a speck of dust. The letters arrive so often that the staff recognizes them on site. Pretty much every time a ranger goes to the post office to pick up the mail, there's a cursed artifact in there. The park has received so many cursed letters that they're now on display in the Bodie Museum. Dear Bodhi, I'm sorry that I took
1: this piece of metal from the town. I thought it was all a joke, but it wasn't at all. Things are happening that are very hard to explain.
0: From rambling multi-page novels to one-sentence apologies and confessions on post-its, tourists spill that they've taken nails, glass shards, ceramic fragments, coins, flowers, rocks, and more. Some of them claim to have no idea that taking anything from a state park was forbidden, despite the multiple warnings and signs. Others admit that they knew, but they just couldn't resist the temptation.
1: I send the purloined goods, along with my deepest apologies,
0: to whatever spirit I've offended. I feel better already. Confession really is good for the soul. For some, the curse is Winchester-level supernatural, with ghostly apparitions, poltergeist-like disturbances, and the feeling of a presence. But for the majority, it's just plain old bad luck. Accidents, car trouble, job losses, breakups, sickness. Some claim to experience the curse's effects instantly on the drive home, others only in hindsight. So sorry for picking these up. I love antiques, and being a Christian, I felt so guilty for taking these on Monday. Not to mention Tuesday we got a flat tire and my husband hit his head on a rock. One letter is from a young person who was so terrified at the thought of removing anything from Bodhi that they actually returned the items that their family had purchased in the park's gift shop.
1: You can have these godforsaken rocks back. I've never had so much rotten luck in my life. Please forgive me for ever testing the curse of Bodhi.
0: Some are almost comical. One kid blames being grounded by his parents on the curse. Another child simply wrote, Sorry I took the glass pieces. I thought they are pretty. My fish died the day after. Yet, others are a bit more serious in tone. In a heartfelt letter from 2017, a young woman blames the rock she took from Bodhi for the breakdown of not only her relationship, but her parents' marriage too. And another woman said she was losing all of her loved ones to cancer. And it's not just the letters. Tourists are sending their cursed items back too, thinking it will help. This nail
1: was taken from the town of Bodie. Nothing should leave Bodie also who wants bad luck please put it back for me please find enclosed one weather-beaten old shoe the shoe was removed from Bodie during the month of august 1978 my trail of misfortune is so long and depressing it
0: can't be listed here and this is the reason the staff no longer talks about the legend to park visitors be careful what you wish for because by inventing a curse the folks at Bodie State Park unwittingly created a whole new problem for themselves, one that still haunts them daily. And that's because every time an item is returned, no matter how big or small, the staff at Bodie have to treat it for what it is, a stolen artifact. And that means filing a law enforcement report for every single one. It might seem like no big deal to pick up a rock from Bodhi, feel the effects of the curse, and want to remorsefully return it to where it came from, but for the park service, these aren't just trinkets or baubles in the desert. They're artifacts that carry a very real historic and cultural value, even the broken glass and the nails on the ground. When these artifacts are picked up and taken out of the park, they are instantly divorced from their place and context. The minute they become a souvenir, so much of their story is lost for good. And you would think sending it back would help, but returning the artifact doesn't solve this problem either. When these packages arrive in Bodie, it's not like the rangers can just dump the contents out into the ghost town. Like a beautiful piece of obsidian rock that one letter confesses to taking to remember the amazing trip, the rock that she blames for her disaster of a love life and job trouble. Park rangers have no way of knowing exactly where in the park that rock originated, Parkade's lament, it potentially could have come from a prehistoric site, or a Native American site, but now, we don't know, because it's out of context. And that's what's unfortunate about this stuff being removed from its true place. And the real worst case scenario here, because of that, those artifacts will probably live in a box forever. And what about that piano? Well, it was eventually returned to Bodie, after its owners heard about the curse, claiming that they had had health problems and car troubles ever since. Perhaps it once sat in a family's living room, or was played in one of the many saloons, but now it sits silent in the town hall, in Bodie's own version of a museum collection's purgatory, and no one will ever know its true story. Inventing a Thief's Curse has undoubtedly become a mixed blessing for Bodie state historic park. It's drawn attention to what continues to be a very real problem with theft there, and almost certainly deterred many would-be souvenir hunters. Yet, it's also ensured a steady supply of returned, orphaned artifacts with no way home. The rangers and aides of Bodie hope that they can get a better message out to the thousands of people that visit the park each year. Leave no trace. The seven principles of leave no trace provide an easily understood framework of minimum impact practices for anyone visiting the outdoors. The principles can be applied anywhere, from remote wilderness areas to local parks and even your own backyard. And number four, leave what you find. Kids especially always ask about the curse on tours, but the staff prefers to explain why taking something from a state park is wrong. Every item found in nature has a role to play, whether part of the ecosystem or the story of the landscape. Leaving what we find in place helps to preserve both of these things and allows others a sense of discovery as well, when finding rocks, plants, or archaeological artifacts. Without the shiny decorated interiors, wandering through Bodhi feels more like exploring a deserted world than visiting a traditional indoor museum. And maybe that's why people feel so inclined to just take stuff home. But remember, guilty conscience aside, that that stuff is actually California heritage, and Bodhi is a giant outdoor museum. And everything there should be treated exactly like when you visit any curated space. Just like you wouldn't take an artifact from an exhibit in a museum, please don't remove anything from Bodhi. Aside from the curse and the bad luck, taking items from a historical site is stealing and technically illegal, hun. <laughs>
1: has to be some level of responsibility with corporate and their accountability and how they handle these situations because it now this bullying affects people's business it affects people's lives it affects people's families and I have direct experience in all of that really why I was laughing while you're telling us you is because Lillian had come out in some sort of live or something and basically put her in Bella's email Bella's her sister so as a sister group that started but Lillian is like really like the the person that I think wants to be seen and wants to be the the face of the company whereas Bella's like I just want to make my money and like hang out with my kids (laughs) Lillian had put out her and Bella's email bomb party emails which nobody had had before and said if there's bullying issues email me directly because people are like we've submitted support tickets about it not hearing back and blah 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 that lasted about a month before then they had some compliance or communications manager come out in the active root group and say something to the effect of, um, please stop emailing <laughs> Bella and Lillian. You know, I mean, it was almost like they want to like portray this image of like they give a shit, and then when they've got to deal with the shit, they're like, oh, wait, never mind,
0: never mind,
1: just kidding. It's kind of the same situation, which I do want to bring up because it's another thing that really irritates me because my family is a not only a blended family but a mixed race family so we deal with racial issues and so there was an incident that occurred where a rep felt that the black community people of color even hispanic community is why i say that was not being represented by the company i felt my opinion very classily addressed the issue and said i will not be purchasing this next birthday collection because i feel that the african-american community is not being represented in the names of this and she made this thing and I guess somebody obviously had sent it to Lillian and watching it and my brain just like my life and how I have to deal with racial issues just with my family I really felt for this girl and it really kind of made me mad because Lillian then went live in the active rep group with her white girl tears saying she's not racist and she never would want someone to feel that way and blah, 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 blah. Fine. Whatever. Okay. Share your feelings. It's not about you. First of all. Right. Secondly, she then at the end was like, we're going to create this diversity council. Okay. This was like a couple years ago. Right. It was around the same time they were doing the advisory council for just the company as a whole. So this was like early spring of like 2022, I maybe even earlier than that, 2021 maybe. But anyway, so they said they're going to do this. So they had a link that went out for the regular advisory council, which everyone voted on. And people got positioned to that that didn't, should have even freaking been in there to begin with um, as a joke. And it's a catty bitch fest where people have access to corporate and can tell them stuff to get people in trouble. Like literally that's all it's for pretty much from what I've heard. Secondly, they did the diversity council votes. You've submitted a Google form, submit, whatever. Literally at the same time, they never, ever came out with diversity council. When I asked about support ticket, asked about it, they ignored me. I had asked a couple of different people that I thought might know. And they're like, oh, they didn't like who was. Um, and this is just hearsay. But the word on the street was that they didn't like who was voted for to be in it. And the diversity council and they wanted to include race, sexual orientation, walks of life, whatever. So like military wife, single moms, you know, all these different groups of people, diverse groups of people within the company to be represented and to be a voice and share their experiences and things that would help them or what make them feel included. Nothing.
0: I mean, that seems like only a good thing for a company like that to have different groups within the company represented like POC, military wives, single moms, like you're saying different people from different walks of lives to be able to input and say, this is how this is impacting us. And this is how you can be better. Wouldn't a company that wants to grow and make money because capitalism wouldn't a company, if it's truly a company, want to implement those kind of positive changes in their business structure? You would think so. What
1: I've learned about this company is that if you have a voice outside of whatever certain people in the company probably hire at the top that founded the company feel, then you get blocked and don't want to be heard from. And then you effectively will then be pushed out.
0: Wow. I've heard it before. So it's not surprising, but yeah, it is. it, It would anger me too.
1: It's frustrating because I grew up in a very privileged North Texas white community. Okay. My current husband is all the freaking races, like on standardized tests, he checks all the boxes for all the things. Okay. He's Hispanic. He's black. He's native American, like, like all of it. Okay. And Asian and I witness my children trying to navigate this world. When we have my very white daughters going to school, calling their very Brown brothers, brother and people in this community, like, are they adopted? So now I've got to have this whole freaking conversation with my kids about it, which I don't mind doing. I don't mind doing it at all. We're not a family that says we don't see color. No, we see the color and we embrace it and love it and want to talk about it. And so that's who I am as a person. I am like literally the most objective human. I feel like I try really, really, really hard to be objective and to like listen and have conversations. And when I saw that, I think that moment that that happened really was kind of, for me, when I really started to disrespect the CEO. I had lost a lot of respect for her. Now, I was still a rep. They were saying that she designs a collections and comes out and had this idea and whatever. So I respected her for like that stuff. But like, I don't know. That was really the moment that I started to kind of have a shift in how I viewed the company. And I kind of wanted to separate myself and my business from that. And that, I think, is what started making things a little bit more difficult for me personally. I had to kind of figure out what that looked like while still promoting my business and bringing reps on and and trying to corral and (laughs) have this team of almost 200 people, like almost all women except for a couple, and it be as little drama as possible.
0: You had a big team. You told me that your last bonus check was like $20,000. I mean, you were not running a small organization here. So, you having a target on your back is interesting because a big organization like that, I like to call those load bearing bricks, you can't let those go. You can't let that spot disappear. You can't have somebody who's mouthy in that spot. You can't have a squeaky wheel there. And you have to have somebody who's stable and who's going to just sort of toe the line and like make it work. So, I know your story, but I just felt like
1: I could have been like the most freaking amazing person that they could have had on the whole, in the whole freaking company. And I'm not saying that because I'm pompous and I'm like, think I'm so self-important. I really and truly feel that the person I am and the fact that I really cared about people and I loved the business. I saw the business model for what it was and whatever I provided training. Like, I feel like they, what could have happened, which never happened was they reached out to me like, wow, you are really taking." and leading and we would like to talk with you and genuinely make this company better would you help us do that not saying like I would like I deserved that I'm just saying like the way that this all went down could have gone down so differently in a way that I think would have helped the company and helped so many people reps and I think that's why I get so upset
0: Well, you see your value, you know what you're worth, you see it. And I'm going to tell you right now that they don't deserve your value. They don't deserve anything close to what you have to offer at all.
1: Thank you. I've heard that from several people that used to work for the company that worked for other companies. And I know what my value is. And I had a hard time with that at first. I the first conversations we had. I mean, I was more emotional. And now just looking back on it and having had conversations and done some education and whatever, I just realized that this issue what happened to me is such a bigger problem than just me than just all the other reps who have come to me sharing their stories all the other reps outside of bomb party with other companies that have come to me to share their stories like it's it's a huge issue within this industry and I'm not saying that you know just like you like there's so many people trying to change things I mean make things better or or just you know there's like we talked about before there's like it's like a scale Mm-hmm. You know, of like the whole anti MLM conversation. I personally don't identify as anti MLM, but I do have a really hard time with what seems to be the rule, which it should be the exception. Right. Meaning how people act, how they treat others, the way that the leaders manipulate, take advantage of, the way that the corporate system, compliance, and all that handles these different situations. There's no accountability. There's no equal level playing field across the board for the reps. I don't care if the rep is making you $50,000 a day. Okay. And this other rep down here is making $5 a day. The consequence for the same action
0: should be the same. In a real business. Absolutely.
1: I mean, like in in real business and there's employment law, it's freaking illegal.
0: Right. But I mean, everybody in an MLM is 1099. They're not employees. They're contractors. They have no rights really outside of whatever the company is going to allow. And every single person signs a contract that says literally on the contract, we can change this contract whenever we want, however many times we want. And we don't have to tell you about it. Sign here. And everyone's like, gladly. Where's my kit? You know, because someone is so excited to join, to start because all of the people have told them it's going to be so fun when you join. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's this whole thing. It's so built this way. And when we implement real business strategies like you had and and real ways to change things for the better, it exposes the scam for what it is. So if they can't satiate you in a way that gets you to shut up about what you've sort of figured out, the only other thing is to get rid of you.
1: I created a system in my team with the videos and the trainings and everything else. When I created this system, I didn't do it and say, Hey, Bomb Party sucks. So this is what I did. I said, Hey, Bomb Party has amazing resources in their Bomb Party University, but this is going to be supplemental to help you with things that maybe they can't train on because of legal reasons. Like I always covered their ass. And that's another thing that really makes me mad. Um, We see it all the time with the leaders where these companies, they have all these major issues with inventory or back office problems or whatever. And does corporate come out and address the issue and handle it? No, they rely on and train the leaders to do it. And then it goes down the line. And then at that point, we're playing telephone. So who freaking knows what the truth is? Who knows what we're really actually supposed to be doing?
0: Yeah, that's intentional. You're never going to find corporate making any sort of illegal anything on paper. The only time corporate's ever going to tell you something that's not supposed to be said is verbally. It's not even going to be on a Zoom. It's going to be in a place where like it can never be recorded. It can never be like saved for posterity ever. And then you're asked as reps to disseminate this information. So instead of corporate saying it cures cancer, which they're not allowed to do, It's you saying it cures cancer. And I know that, you know, it's not one of the things that Bomb Party claims, but now you're on the hook for that claim. Now the FTC can come after you, not the company. And when the FTC comes after the company because they're coming after you, they'll say, well, here it is in our policies and procedures, and there's their signature right there. So they're doing this on their own. Well, you told me to say it. Really? Prove it. And you can't because. That's all part of this. Unfortunately, it's horrific that they're allowed to get away with this. There's so many times where I get to the bottom of these rabbit hole, ant farms, whatever we want to call them. And I say to myself, how is this legal? This is money laundering. This is doing that. It's like all of these illegal things are hiding under the guise of like, I'm just helping my sister friends. It's not. It's so much more than that. I mean, MLM is a $190 billion industry a year. That's more than the NFL, Hollywood, and the music industry combined. It is massive. It is a huge lobbying effort behind it that is helping purchase senators and votes and deregulate all of the industries that keep us safe from these scams. And that's what they're doing on the back end. And we are on the front end, these gorgeous faces saying, it's great. It helped me lose five pounds. It took my depression away. It cured my PTSD or whatever horrible claims that we're claiming when we really truly believe the message that this company is putting forward and saying, we're just here to help people. We're just here to help people that need. This and that, and we're just providing a service. It's not that. It's what they say it is, but it's not that, right? Nobody needs four ring cases of jewelry and a behind-the-door necklace holder to hold all the jewelry of a person that doesn't even wear it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so horrific and unbelievable. And it's just all this consumerism and just pure consumption. Because all of the fizzes that go unfizzed, it's no skin-off bomb parties ass. They already make their money on all those fizzers. Like you said, it sits behind you. You can't sell it. Nobody wants two seasons ago. I want the brand new stuff right now with the witch potions. That's what I want. I don't want your Christmas stuff or whatever, you know, and it's just, it's really sad. And these companies, nothing that they're doing technically is illegal. All of the illegal stuff they're passing on to their reps to spread around like misinformation. It's horrific.
1: So something else before... I'm no longer with Bomb Party. Some of the funds I would get, I would put towards incentives for my teams and stuff. And like, instead of doing $25 here, $25 there, I'm going to buy you a, a sleeve of whatever and send it to you, whatever. No, I wanted to do something bigger than that. Like I had talked with my friend at the time, Jessica, she had a huge team about doing this trip. Well, then of course, you know, I was with my situation, I, I can't go. Like, I don't have a babysitter here to care my kids. If I did, I'd have to fly my husband in. It's like a whole ordeal. It's like, I just can't do it right now. Right. But you go ahead and you do the thing. Okay. Like we had this, it was going to be an incentive program for our team. So I know issues spending money on stuff like that. And then towards the end of the year, I invested in one of those coaching people. I know I've seen you talk about that. Here's the thing though like, I actually learned a lot from her, and people will. Is it worth the. Twelve thousand dollars that a year that they're trying to charge, or twenty thousand dollars that they're trying to charge for this shit. No, so it's kind of like this thing where you've got to, <laughs> you just have to pay attention and weigh the knowledge versus the cost, and don't be taken. I started investing in that. And I let my team know around that time. I I was like, I'm gonna start doing monthly zooms. I'm gonna start bringing outside people in because I felt that bomb after I had that conversation with the bomb party corporate employees. Um, that they were basically told to quit thinking like a rep and whatever that she couldn't talk about certain things that we freaking needed because the bullying and the poaching and all the bull crap that bomb party wouldn't deal with because you know they want to keep their hands clean they wouldn't help with and so i'm like all right well then i'm gonna help my team because it <laughs> help me help you help me okay <laughs> i'm not oblivious <laughs> to how it works <laughs> no issue doing that. So I contacted one of my friends who was a pure romance consultant, because she has a private group on Facebook that is a riot. And it's amazing. And the community she built in there is safe and funny and whatever. So I had brought her in to talk about how important it is to create a safe community within your business. I had reached out to another friend remember, this is when I was all up in MLM that um, we had worked with within Primerica. That I was gonna ask to come in to help with like financial knowledge because it really occurred to me that all these people coming in start making all this money. They were waitresses or teachers or stay-at-home moms, and now they are making like ten to fifty thousand dollars a month in this con- and like they've never been taught what to do with that kind of money. And I'm like, I wanna I want people to be set up for success. I want people to be set up for their families to put the money wisely. Like we're not going to go buy $20,000 Louis Vuitton just because all the other fucking diamonds in the company are doing it. We're going to go spend $20,000 on a health insurance plan. So we actually have good doctors that are going to help us with our emotional, mental, physical ailments that we're always complaining about. Like, come on. Like I, I was just getting so frustrated with the whole aura of what was going on with all this money in this company. Um, and that was for myself too. Like I have not had the best relationship with money throughout my life. Uh, my upbringing, it was a lot of like, Oh, I'm getting a bonus at the end of the year. We'll just go ahead and buy all this crap now. You know, that kind of mentality. And so that's what I grew up with. So I, you know, I wanted it just for myself too. And I knew like, if I needed it, then other people need it. And I wanted to help people with that. And so I was bringing people in and this was, I believe, part of kind of the start of them pushing me out. Now, my upline and one of my downlines were working really hard to try to... I don't even know what the word is. They were doing this passive-aggressive bullying bullshit where after convention, after my downline realized that my upline was super close to the CEO and they got their makeup done by the same person that did her makeup and whatever the hell was going on in that room, all of a sudden she's the best upline ever. She's helped her change her business, whatever. Whereas before I was having to have serious conversations about one of my sidelines, having her customers go in and messing with my downlines business and everything else. And having to talk to my upline about it, my upline, not doing anything because that particular sideline of mine was a moneymaker. Okay. Mm. And so she wouldn't do anything. And I told my downline, she's probably not going to do anything. So you, you probably need to reach out to this other person yourself because the nature of the business. And and I was honest with her. I didn't talk bad about Kimberly, my upline. I did not I was just like, this is just how it is. She's probably not going to try to piss off her downline. Who's making her lots of freaking money. Yeah. Like it's probably just not going to happen that way. And that's exactly what happened. She's like, yeah, she came back. She pretty much told me there's nothing I can do about it. And so I tried to help her through that. I reached out. I, I put my neck on the line.
0: Right. You know? So what was like, what was the beginning of the end? Like, what did they start doing? To get you to pushed out
1: so many different things like as i was going through it and like going through my messages and going through like all this crap and i was like wow like this was so much worse than i realized and it started way before i even realized it you know hindsight's twenty twenty. when you start going back and like damn wow back then even i mean that's how it was for me so when i went back and i started looking at the uh, messages i was getting so at the time my original upline was running the business, She would answer my questions, whatever, but she would never message me to pressure me to buy inventory, to do anything except, you know, Hey, I was watching your live. And because I had that same side-by-side setup that like no one else had, she's like, Hey, you might want to change, you know, this setting because it's a little bit blurry. It might help you. She literally was sending me stuff to help not to manipulate me. Okay. Okay. Now her upline who was Kimberly. So after they left, of course I rolled up to Kim. The first message I ever received from her was July 27th at the end of the month. Hey, love. Has your PV updated from you buying collection this morning? I said, yes. She goes, put up a pre order. All you need is $535 more this week to rank to senior. Literally the first message this person sent me. Then later that night, all you need is $535. OMG. Three exclamations. Three caring hug emojis. I said, I know. That's a lot of money only five (laughs) hundred and thirty five dollars for the week that is ridiculous anyways i know i've decided i'm gonna sell all my rings tonight lol and pre-sell all my other rings in the next 24 hours willing it to be three caring hug emojis that's right girl the next morning how'd it go last night love 12 rings sold i had a blast heart emoji i was on for three hours yay awesome love me complaining about algorithms all we need to buy is five hundred and thirty five dollars this week I mean, like literally the first conversation I ever had with her, this is what it was about. Okay. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but like, and, and then it was nothing. And then it would be a message from her about ranking up or whatever. Then I went back and I realized that, she had bonus bought, And I even know what it was. Cause remember when I started bomb party, I had done Mary Kay. I had done Advocare. We had done Primerica, but it was only so we could take advantage of the discount, only take advantage of the makeup discount, only take advantage of the supplement discount, only take advantage of the insurance or whatever was going on. Right. A little bit of extra incomes. So we were struggling at the time. <sighs> so I never In a million years thought that this was going to be something, anything other than bringing in a few hundred dollars a month to help pay the bills that like was my responsibility. Because again, I was like the little extra supplement to pay my car and cell phone bill. And my husband was covering everything else. And then maybe it'll turn into something more. I was not stupid to the fact that I was joining within the first five years of the company. And I knew that that was key to being successful in these companies. You've got to start in the beginning. I mean, are there people that get lucky and start later and rank up and whatever? Sure, whatever. But like really and truly, it's the people that start in the beginning that stick it out that get successful. I mean, just be real. So in my brain, like I kind of knew that, but I really hadn't experienced it. You know what I'm saying? So like I really didn't even fathom like what was going to happen. When I started making money and I started seeing the possibilities, I was like, awestruck I was daydreaming girl <laughs> like I was their convention theme this year it was just crazy but I just didn't realize like how it worked I didn't understand the PV and DV and the ranks and I, d- I just didn't understand at this time now I kind of I of course over time I educated myself and i figured it out like within the last I, I still even like to this day like as far as diamonds go and the generational bonuses I still don't understand all that crap but like I started to learn that at this time right here that I'm talking about right now when I first started I didn't know what she was talking about. I didn't know what was happening I didn't know what she was trying to do I thought she was trying to help me
0: You're like wow she's so helpful look at all these things she's doing for me and really on the back end it's all the things she needs to do to place herself in the position to be ranked to the next rank or whatever get the next bonus
1: correct July of 21, so this is a year after I started where I'm now building my team, okay? I've reached the point, how many new reps do you need to rank up to this next rank? Because as we know, with MLMs and their ranks, you have to have the PV and the DV, which is PV is purchase volume or what the rep, the individual rep is buying in inventory when it comes to bomb party. DV is downline volume, so that's you and your whole entire team under you. Okay. So in order to rank up in Bomb Party, you personally have to have a certain DV yourself. But then your DV has to be a certain number. And then you also have to have certain ranks under you in order to rank up. So like there's different systems. And then there's something called NVR, which means not one leg of your team can carry the team. You've got to spread it out. We got to make that money, honey. So at this point, I'm at the point where... I'm a seller. I'm doing well. I'm ranking up. My downlines are to the point now where they're starting to recruit. And so like, we're all in a situation where we're all about to rank up, but me and my downlines don't really understand how all that works. Really? Like we know what's possible. We don't really understand. And we definitely don't understand what it means when you do rank up and like the kind of bonuses that's possible after you rank up with the leadership bonuses. Okay. All we really know about right now is the commission and like the bonuses that are based off of what each individual rep purchases in PV. So like, if you buy $2,000, you get 5% back or whatever the heck it is. She is trying to get me to rank up. And she's asked me, who on your team is going to rank up so you can rank up? Basically, who do we need to get to buy more inventory so you can rank up so then I can rank up? It's, you know, you've got this girl, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden she is like, if I'm going to miss Ruby by $350, like literally I just needed like $350 in inventory. When you're talking about ranking up to Ruby, like you're talking about a $500 bonus plus whatever your leadership bonuses are that start adding up when you're two, three, five, whatever the percentage is is of your downlines. So you're talking like doubling your income from last month. And so she's asking me about, asking me about it. And she's like, hey, I can't use my card in your back office to buy inventory to send it to myself. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you money on PayPal and you can order it and just have the shipping address shipped to my house.
0: Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) So you see what she did there?
0: Yeah. She paid for the order that she needed you to place because she needed you to rank to hit her rank.
1: It's called bonus buying. It is against policy. And I really didn't know what she was doing at the time. Then a little while later, she messages me. And this is, yeah, July of 21 is when I'm starting to need to rank up. So I need people under me. So you have to have people ranking under you, which I had. But then you also have to have active reps. Well, all an active rep is, is somebody that signs up with at least 350 PV. Okay. Okay. Very easy to attain, sign up your dog, cousin, mom, whatever under you
0: on a ghost account
1: and cover that $350. Cause you're making 7,000. So what's $350 to you. So then you can rank up. So she messages me and is like, Hey, did you get an email this morning? I was like, no, why? She's like, Oh, well check your email. So I go check my email and I have a sponsor email, meaning that someone signed up under me. So me, I'm like, oh my God, wow, like that's awesome. What I thought she did was had somebody like maybe that wanted to sign up, like, hey, sign up under my downline. A lot of people used to do that. It was actually in the compensation manual back then that that's what you should be doing once you hit Ruby is stacking. Oh, really? It literally told people
0: to stack. Oh, interesting.
1: Which, but I I don't really know like the exact rules of that, like whatever, but it used to say that. But anyway, but now, no, it's totally against the rules. Like that is a no, like straight up.
0: Oh, now it's, now they say absolutely not.
1: Now it's a no. But back then it was like, eh, whatever. Um, And I think this was before they had like brought on an attorney. She had signed up her husband's grandmother under me didn't ask me about it just did it and then I was like oh well who is this and then I was like reading the emails like some redhead email and I was like I had already tried searching for them on social media I couldn't find them and I was like I can't find them on social media like who is it like who is this cute little redhead that you like signed up under me like I was so excited because one of the things about me is I wanted to get to know my people for sure and so she was like oh don't worry about let's just say it's someone very close to me don't worry about it
0: that's a weird thing to say
1: And so then basically that was the ghost account that she put up under me. Didn't ask me, didn't do anything. So now this is the second policy violation that she's made just for me alone. Not to mention the times that she had offered to buy inventory under that person so I could rank up so then she could rank up.
0: Now, was she also one of the people that was engaging in the getting tips on TikTok?
1: So she really, at this time, this was before TikTok. Okay. So this was July of 2021. So TikTok was just about to kind of start revving up here. She actually had my downline set up her account and get her her thousand followers or whatever and then she would go live on there but when she was live i don't know if she would really need the tip jar on tiktok what you're talking about did happen and uplines would go into their downlines tiktoks and send them gifts gifts equate real dollar money on tiktok what is it to bomb party, which you're not allowed to get people money to buy inventory, but uplines are going in and sending gifts to their downlines or their downlines downlines to help them get money or to help them with their algorithm or whatever. Now, those tips or those gifts that they're sending are like pennies. Some of them are more, you know, some of them are pretty big deals, but it's still kind of shady business. But what really was happening that was really jacked up was uplines, going into downlines, lives, buying inventory, because that goes straight into their e-wallet, those funds. So then they can then go and buy inventory to then rank up. So then that other person So they're bonus buying, but they're doing it via buying inventory from their downlines. Okay. As a real customer.
0: Wow. Lots of interesting loopholes to get around the rules.
1: Right. There's, there's lots of shady shit. Then I recently saw a rep that was doing gift auctions, which I think we had talked about a little bit, where she revealed a ring that someone really wanted And instead of just being like, I'm just going to set this over here and whatever, and then messaging the girl later, hey, I know you really love that ring. What's your address? I'm going to send it to you because this particular rep is pretty high up, making pretty good money. Like, What is it for her for $13 plus $4 in shipping or $3 in shipping to send a customer this ring that she really liked? But instead, it was, let's have gift wars. So whoever sends me the most gifts gets this ring. That's freaking an option. That's against policy. There's no selling of real jewelry in Bomb Party. But again, yeah. the rules are different for different people based on where they are in the company. I don't really care what anyone else does with their business. I really don't. I really don't care. But if Bomb Party is going to hold one person accountable for a policy and punish them or give consequences to them based on violating those policies, then by God, they better do it for every freaking rep in the entire company.
0: Yeah. So in the end, what was the policy that they claimed you had violated?
1: Bullying, because at the time, my upline and my downline, so Kimberly and Cheyenne were going back and forth on Facebook, posting with the gifts that Cheyenne had sent Kim saying, you're the number one upline. I wouldn't be where I am without you. And I had people calling me. Literally, my downline best friend Jessica called me in tears, livid. She was so mad. She was crying. What the F? Kim doesn't do shit for anybody but herself. What is Cheyenne even talking about?
0: This is like the candy cane scene in Mean Girls and None for Gretchen Wieners.
1: Right.
0: Like, I mean, they're intentionally giving each other gifts, intentionally posting and tagging on social media, knowing that you're the meat in this little triangle sandwich that's going on here. It's your upline and your downline completely bypassing you. Mm Mm-hmm. And bullying you by love bombing each other to make you feel like shit.
1: Publicly. And so that, that happened. And then Kim did it to my sidelines. So she sent gifts to my, the two sidelines and then my downline. So my downline, actually, Jessica, my friend, and here's the other thing. She was put in a really shitty position. Jessica was because (laughs) Kim knew that she was kind of like the meat to my team. All right. And she's the one that Kim really needed under her for Kim to rank. So, but the problem was, is that that was my best friend. You're not getting around that. So how else can she do it than love bombing the shit out of her to then put her in this really weird, awkward predicament The other thing she would do is she would reach out to my downlines and offer Zoom trainings for them without going through me. It should be, hey, all of my downlines, do you want me to come do a training for your team for my direct downline? Yes or no? She didn't single out Nicole's downlines because I messaged her and asked "Like, hey, when Kim came to you to do team training for you, did she go through you or did she contact so-and-so? Like, did she contact your downlines to do like trainings for their stuff? She's like, no, she just did a training for my team. I was like, oh, okay, that's good to know. So with me, though, she reached out to Cheyenne and Jesse separate and totally left me and my other two downlines who actually really did need training. They were kind of struggling. One was a mom of triplets. One was somebody that was in the hospital. I and mean, this woman had even taken her ring bone to the hospital to sell to nurses because she wanted to do the business. She just had health issues and she just couldn't. Like It was just hard. but so She was trying so hard. Jeez. And, and so it should have been through me. And my team. And so that was the first thing she started doing. That's that just back underhanded, just stupid stuff. And then the gifts for my sidelines. And then my downline. Now, when she gave a gift to my downline, she called me and she's like, I got an edible arrangement from Kim. And this is something that people listening right now are gonna be laughing about because Kim then went after all this drama happened, went and did a live video in her team group slandering me telling everyone I was mad because I didn't get a fucking edible arrangement. Bitch, I can afford my own edible arrangement. I don't even like edible arrangements, okay? I'll go to Walmart and buy a $7 bucket of fucking fruit, okay? I don't need your shit. What I'm upset about is the bullying you're doing that is underhanded and no one else can see it and I can't report it to compliance because then I look like the problem that everyone else that knows them and knows me and is seeing what's going on knows what's going on. I had so many people messaging me like, what the hell is going on? Why are they doing that? You've put so much time and effort. You help anyone. Like what are, what are they doing? And so then what ended up happening is I then <laughs> made a post after being hit over and over again. I got sick and tired of it because before that I was just sitting back, whatever. I'm like, well, she wants to train my team. Ultimately it's going to help me if they get something out of it, go for it. She wants to be up Cheyenne's butt and give her gifts and Cheyenne wants to give her gifts and whatever and they and she's helping her out helps me at the end of the day whatever I'm just gonna let it go like I'm not gonna start the drama with it but it was pissing me off and people were seeing it and it wasn't just me the last straw was the fruit thing because Jessie wasn't even the top PV on my team we're the top recruiter on my team at the time so why would she be giving fruit arrangements to my sidelines and my downline best friend
0: why to stir the pot.
1: So after that, I was like, screw you and your little dog. <laughs> I went and made a post basically telling my bomb party story. Oh my gosh, I love this company. I am so grateful. I have achieved so much. I've been through so much. There's been ups and downs. I'm really proud of my team. I'm so grateful for my husband. I'm so grateful for my best friend. And I'm grateful for. My, my upline leaders who have been so amazing to help me, and I tagged every single one of my uplines, except for Kim. <laughs> I was then effectively blocked by Kim and Cheyenne <laughs> on Facebook, <laughs> which I didn't even notice for a few days because I just, mm. I was over it. But then when I noticed, I was like, are you kidding me right now? You want to dish it out, but you can't take it when I'm giving it back. I made a flippant post that said, oh, funny how people can, you know, dish it out and not give credit where creditors do or acknowledge hard work. But then when the tables are turned or they can't take their own medicine or some stupid, snarky, stupid thing that I wrote.
0: It just made it worse, didn't it? (laughs)
1: <laughs> reported within like a week I got an email from compliance yeah do you remember that advisory council I told you about earlier Mm-hmm. Cheyenne was on it oh well
0: that's not good for you. No.
1: Then I forgot to mention that Kimberly was besties with Lillian, was invited to her wedding, invited to her baby shower. I also found out later on that she was besties with Kelly, who's a customer service manager. And in fact, I hadn't gotten to mention this in previous interviews with you because um, I didn't know. But it came to my attention that Kimberly has sent Venmo payments for lunch, dinner, drinks, birthday gifts to Kelly, who's a customer service manager, some other family, corporate employees through Venmo. Hmm. Weird.
0: That seems shady.
1: Weird. Anyway, so all that stuff, right? I get reported pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I then get messages from some of my friends, which a lot of them are on the advisory council, and they're like, hey, um, you might want to take down the post that you made about your upline. <laughs> And I'm like, okay. So, anyway, so I took that post down and I then put up a post like within less than an hour, basically. And this is before I even got a compliance email, by the way. Within an hour after I posted it, I took it down. I was like, listen, I apologize. I don't want to bring drama out there. This is not the leader that you guys deserve. It's not the leader I want to be. I apologize for moving forward. And I'm going to be the leader that you deserve. Got an email saying I was bullying because I was reactive bullying, because it's always the person. The second person with their hand in the cookie jar that gets caught. Right. Or the person that doesn't have little besties at corporate office to go whine and cry to. So that was the first report. Fast forward. After that, we were encouraged by one of our other upline leaders who I respect and love dearly. Um, It's a mom and daughter duo. I love them both. They are incredible. They are one of the few upline leaders in the company that actually do try to provide quality training to their team. I would actually gone on and helped them provide some like non-tax consultant tax suggestions (laughs) to their team that they did, which was amazing. It really helped a lot of people because, again, a lot of people coming into Bomb Party are not business savvy. They have no idea. What they're doing and she used to be in finance so anyway so she had me help with that so she reached out to me she's like hey you two are leaders like you and kim are leaders y'all need to work this out i'm happy to mediate whatever so then kim calls me which i now in hindsight know one she did not want a mediator because she didn't want accountability or a witness two she calls me because she every conversation that we've had pretty much except for a few have been via phone call okay it's harder to prove or record impromptu phone calls when someone's doing shady shit.
0: She's picking correspondence that's hard for you to record or screenshot or have proof of.
1: Unfortunately for her, I recorded the call. Um, So I have the recording of the call. So unless she tried to say, I didn't say that. Also, not only that, but like other people have come forth saying that, literally telling me their story and said literally almost to the quote, the things that she said to me. So I know that they're telling me the truth, because it's the same thing over and over. So anyway, so she calls, we have a conversation, it was civil ish. But essentially, it was you don't make me any money. You're not doing anything with your business. I can send gifts to whoever I want to, blah, 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 blah. I then told her, fine, whatever, but you're not being respectful. And you're being petty. And I don't appreciate it. And you apologizing, I'm sorry for, you know, that you feel that way as a bullshit cover for you making an excuse for your behavior and it's not going to be tolerated you need to quit reaching out to my downlines for trainings and bypassing me and you need to stop with the petty crap then we move. i said it's already caused issues and drama on the team because you chose because i posted whatever in retaliation to you and Cheyenne doing whatever y'all were doing, and then you went live in your team group, slandering me, saying that you know you wanted to address the thing and tell the truth of what happened and telling everyone I was mad over a damn fruit basket. Wow. That's not why I was mad, okay? And I said, so now all of this has gone through both of our teams, which are two very large teams in the company, top sellers, top recruiters. And I said, so if you want to get together one day and do a training on communication and conflict resolution so we can move forward from this, I am totally open to that. That's how we ended the call. That never happened, of course.
0: When did you get your termination letter?
1: In April, after my second, that was my third compliance complaint. My second one was because I said in a bomb party praising recruitment post, rule schmules, you could get terminated if you don't follow the rules. So I'm going to follow the rules. The income disclosure statement is on my website on the bottom of this page. And then I got reported because I was encouraging reps to not follow policy. Uh. Then two months after I got that report, Bomb Party, president of the company, field development manager hosted a company-wide Zoom that was on compliance. And they started the meeting after... My compliance thing. And I had fought them on that, by the way, because it pissed me off. Because I was like, y'all are insane. If you even knew me and knew what I stood for and like knew what I did for the team and this company, you wouldn't be messaging me about this petty crap right now. started that Zoom call cackling, saying, all right, let's get this started. Rule schmules.
0: Wow.
1: Cackling about I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so you're going to start a corporate compliant Zoom call saying rule schmules, and then cackling about it, knowing damn well that y'all are going to try to use this against the me as a compliance issue? <laughs> And I messaged Chrissy at the time because she was one of the ones on there saying she knew how pissed off I was about it because I had had conversations with her and she didn't even respond.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: And we talked back and forth a lot.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, now you're out telling your story. Are you feeling like you have more closure the more that you look into this and the more questions of yours that you get answered?
1: I have a lot of closure. What's bothering me about it is that it's continuing to happen because there's no accountability for corporate office. There's no accountability for them to maintain integrity as it relates to making sure that whatever these policies that are reported, that one, they're being addressed and not thrown in the trash bin. Two, there's no favoritism being played based on if a rep is sending you birthday dinner money on Venmo or whatever the heck kind of relationship is going on, which is extremely unprofessional in a business setting. And three, regardless of if a rep is top diamond rank, whatever, spending a thousand dollars a month to maintain her status while riding on the coattails of all the people under her making money, selling, doing whatever, even if you're that person, the person that's a new topaz, whatever that just started last week, the consequences for the same action should be the same. No, I agree. There should be no favoritism based on anything. It should be equal across the board. And I'm hearing way too many reps coming to me saying, I reported such and such so many times. I've reported them. It's been reported over the last year or two. And then I come to find out someone did exactly, but literally what I did, but worse. And they only got suspended for a week or they only got suspended for a month or that nothing happened at all. And I'm sitting here like, y'all literally screwed me and my entire family over ruin friendships and relationships that I've had, um, that were very meaningful to me for what for money.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The second that they decided you were a target, it was done for, they were going to keep coming at you and harassing you and trying to, I mean, really, it's kind of almost like gaslighting, right? Because they're doing these things. And then they're like, what are you talking about? We're just giving each other edible arrangements. Why are you so mad about the edible arrangement? And you're like, it's not about the gift. It's about the act of what you're doing. It's about your actions, about the way that you're treating me. And then the way that you're treating others in response to that, the way that you're edging me out. And they're like, she's so mad about a fruit bowl. And you're like, that's not what this is about. They refuse to admit what's going on. It's obviously transparent what they're doing. It's not anything new for MLM. It's not probably even anything new for Bomb Party. And it's disgusting that you had to be that example in that instance because it's really unfair. And like I said, you know your worth and you know that you bring way too much to that table to be with Bomb Party and to limit yourself in something like that. Because these culty high demand groups, these MLMs, anything like this, they take all of the good from you. They chew it up and then they spit you out and then they say, oh, it was your fault. And the fact that you were able to see it and like sort of try to expose as much of it as you could before you got out. I mean, it's a testament to really what you were seeing while you were in, like you were like, this is what's clearly going on. And I'm sorry that you thought you could change it because most people, I think on this side felt the same way. Like they saw something that was really not very, you know, just, there's some injustice here going on. I'm going to, raise some concerns. I'm gonna say, I don't like the way that this person is being represented or this group of people is being talked to or whatever. And all that does is it paints a big red target on your back. And every single time from that moment forward you address anything that like irks them even in the slightest, the target gets bigger and the how can we get rid of them becomes more of a pressing issue.
1: Yeah. I think hindsight looking at it, there was issues I had where there was this gemstone reward system they had that they screw the pooch on. There was two different phases. They didn't even address the second phase. So I reached out to corporate several times. And finally, they addressed it in December when it was supposed to be due in September. A lot of reps were waiting on, you know, product credit payouts, and a lot of reps uh, left the company because of it. And then they tried to blame Lisa Hendrickson, who was the like VP of finance or whatever at the time. So fired her over some other issues as well. But essentially, I think they like tried to blame it on her. And then even after she was gone, they still didn't do what they're supposed to do to make it right. And I think me pushing that for my team it wasn't even for me, it was for my downlines who were asking me about it. I think that created issues. I have in effect was terminated or my subscription was canceled because of doing what my upline taught me to do. And then she reported me for it, <laughs> or I don't know who reported me. I don't, I don't know. Regardless, the point is, is that I was taught and a lot of people are taught how to run their business or what's needed in order to rank up and, and, and achieve like your goals or whatever. And there's gray areas and there's not gray areas. I feel like I was in a gray area after I got the email that I was no longer going to be with the company. I was really upset. I took about, well, I kind of knew it was coming about a week in advance, but I I waited a couple days and I did a a Zoom with my team so I could manage who was in there. And I did a Zoom and I just shared my story. I tried to be as objective as possible. I tried really hard not to speak poorly of anybody, but it's kind of like, I mean, the crap they did, if if it looks bad, I mean, it's because it is bad. Right. I encouraged my team to follow policies. I encouraged my team to work their business, keep their head down and keep their circle small. And I ended it and I said, I'm, I'm here to, to help you, support you. All the resources I've created are still available to you. I left my team group open. I was like, I'm happy to share this with Jesse so she can help. Uh, meanwhile, all this stuff was going on. Jesse was acting very weird after a leadership conference. I wasn't able to attend in February. And I feel like that's where a lot of stuff kind of changed or something happened with Kim and her team. But anyway, so I ended my Zoom. It was a positive note. I wasn't speaking bad about the company. I was letting them know I was here for them and supported them. I was upset. It sucked, but whatever. Kim then went live the next day to say, I just want to tell the truth. Now, this is the second time she's gone live in her team chat to talk shit about me. (laughs) Tell the truth. She compared me to a rep who was arrested in some sort of domestic violence, possibly um, drug situation. Nobody really knows the truth behind it, but she ended up getting terminated and she compared me to her. She said over and over and over again, she's been warned about this issue. And, and basically insinuated like it was a three strikes and you're out system. Like, okay, if that's the case, you should have been terminated a long ass time ago, because that was just me that you did all that other shady stuff with. I've already heard from four other people about shady shit you've done to help them and their business. So you're talking about strikes. Like you should have been gone a long time ago. And then she was saying that I was akin to a thief at Walmart. Wow. And then it was like, but we wish her the best. And like, she's talking in this like baby voice. Like she has to be like, she's talking like a baby because she's innocent and doesn't do anything wrong. And now because my best friend and my team are scared of what could happen. Because if that shit can happen to me and I was rah rah bomb party, I want to help my team. Yes, I may have done something that was like great area, whatever, but so did other people. They didn't get terminated. They didn't get canceled. They didn't get pushed out. And now some of my other friends who stood up for me, they're ostracizing them. Kim verbally attacked one of my friends at convention saying, I don't like you. You could walk out the door and nobody would care. You don't make me any money. Being mean to people that I love and care about because why? Because they're friends with me. They did nothing to her.
0: It is such a disgusting industry.
1: And, you know, instructing people to be able to block and just, it's just, it's disgusting. And it happens over and over and over and over again. And there has to be some sort of accountability for these situations. And if this has happened to anyone else, and I know it has in the coming, because I've had several people come to me since then, like you need to speak out. Bomb Party and Uplines have, and I used to do it as well, encourage people to not submit support tickets, to not submit compliance tickets, to run your business, whatever. That is bullshit. Bomb party cannot be held accountable for what they can't know. If something happens and there's ever like some situation that arises where bomb party has to address these issues and they can come back and say, well, we didn't know what was going on. Nobody submitted a compliance ticket for it. Nobody told us, then they're not held liable for what's going on. You you have to report them. You have to do due diligence and you like, don't be scared. That's why people that are leaving the company are reaching out to me, not because of me, but because of their own story and their own situation. They're sick of it. And when they do, I say, you need to submit your resignation and then you need to submit a compliance email explaining why you're leaving and you sing like a canary.
0: And I would then say, copy and paste that compliance email and then go straight to ftc.gov slash report fraud and go ahead and paste it in that as well. Yeah. Because even though the FTC, you might not think they're looking at things, they are compiling stories and there is a backlog of complaints. And so, I don't know, on the off chance that maybe next year, Bomb Party is, you know, a victim of the FTCs looking into. Now they've got a backlog of complaints that everybody sent in and they're like, oh, this makes our job so much easier. So send it. If you're taking the time to sit down and writing a compliance email to any MLM or anything like that, anything. Copy and paste it and send it to the FTC as well. Amen. Absolutely. Well, I mean, this is horrific. And I'm so sorry I had to go through this. I was triggered the whole time. It's like, it's literally like LuLaRoe all over again. It really is. Like all the things you're saying, I'm like, "Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ugh. this is how these companies are run yeah. this is how they float under the radar and they can take advantage of people this is how they get away with labor exploitation this is how they way they get away with all kinds of things and like you said you got to report it we got to send those reports in not only to the compliance departments of these MLM companies that we're involved in but to the FTC to wherever you need to report it send it into truth and in advertising as well these organizations are there for a reason and they can only work if we Report and we send them this information. They don't know. They're not trolling for it, so we got to send it to them. I'm so happy to hear that you're out. <laughs> you now have a dog walking business. You're saying? Oh, it's dog boarding. Oh, dog boarding. That's even better.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. I've actually done it for a long time. I did. I started it about seven years ago, but I was through an app. And now, since all this has happened, I decided to branch off and start my own private business um, where I am still the boss, but it is a classic non-MLM business where I'm in control and it's amazing.
0: I'm so happy for you. Are you ready to answer some rapid fire questions? (laughs) Sure. Give me a word that encompasses how you feel about MLMs.
1: I mean, I have three. Toxic mean girl.
0: Toxic mean girl. Give me a warning to somebody that wants to join an MLM like bomb party.
1: I just really wish people did more research behind the company they're joining. Like I have an analogy about Marina birth control where like you go and you hear about you're like, hey, I want to do this. I want to get the birth control. And there's all these amazing things. Like I'm not gonna have my period anymore. I'm, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to, my skin's going to clear up. But then once you get it and this foreign object is in your body and it's, you can't, it's too late. <laughs> like it's there embedded, then you're like, why am I feeling this way? Like, what are these symptoms? Blah, blah blah. And then you go look and you're like, oh, crap. And it's all over the place. You know, the copper poisoning or, or you know, the rage that you feel or the inclination of your uterus. And then you can't have babies, like all this stuff, but you don't see it until you're looking for it. So when you're going to join a company, MLM, even if it's a classic company, like it doesn't even matter, but especially MLMs, you need to not only be looking for the silver lining and all the pros and all the, family, whatever the crap is going on with this company, but you need to, you need to go do some research on like, why should I not join Bomb Party? Or why should I not join whatever company? So you have a very vivid picture of the pros and cons. And also, I would wait a month before joining something like that. So you have time to like, ponder it, look at it. If you do decide to join, you pick the right person. You ask for proof. You ask to talk to their team. You go search for them on Reddit, like whatever it is, and get to know who they really are and if they really are going to help you or not. Watch them for a while before, if you're going to do it. But don't.
0: (laughs) Worst MLM in your opinion?
1: Oh, I mean, I really don't have experience. I mean, I have experience with other ones, but like Bomb Party is just really... Toxic. I watched Lula Rich while I was a rep and then once I got out and I saw it through my rose colored glasses and like my the polarized lens, like I've seen it from both sides. And the similarities were just uncanny. I mean like it's bad.
0: I mean, even you just telling me these stories, like, and here's the other thing is there are so many other stories about LuLaRoe that didn't make it into any of the docs or like people haven't really talked about publicly. So even these things you're telling me and I'm like, oh my God, even some of the behind the scenes stuff is the same. i only
1: told you like 30% of my story. So I can (laughs) only imagine like what did not make the LuLaRoe rich.
0: (laughs) What is the hardest lesson that you learned in MLM?
1: This is the one that always gets me emotional because the reason why I loved it. And the reason why I hate it are basically the same, which is the relationships. You can foster genuine, real relationships with people in these companies. But at the same time, there are snakes in the grass. And unfortunately, if you are a little rabbit hopping along in the grass, you're not going to see like you would if you were the bluebird flying above looking down because there's a few rabbits, and there's a lot of snakes.
0: And give me a positive takeaway from your time in MLM.
1: I learned how to run a business. You know, I did meet some amazing people I'm still friends with today. I'm still friends with amazing people that are still in Bomb Party. I still try to help them. I still have business conversations with them. But you know, the relationships is, like I said, what I love and hate about it. But also, I learned how to run a business, and I learned a lot of things about social media, marketing and things like that, that have really helped me like with my dog boarding business, I learned about tools that helped me, you know, when I left to then be able to build my resume, like all these tools that I would use with my bomb party business, I could then take into other areas. Now it wasn't bomb party providing that it was me seeking out external knowledge. But had I not been in bomb party, I would I probably wouldn't have sought out that business training and those tools. So yeah. So the relationships and then just the business knowledge that I learned.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, Amber, for coming on and telling your story for the third time. You guys, this is the third time.
1: No, I'm glad I, um, people kept asking me, when is it going to, I was like, why record? And I'm like, I don't want people to think that I was lying or, cause you know how it goes. Like she's a full of crap. She's a pick me girl. She's full of crap. <laughs> whatever i'm like no um you know technology sucks <laughs> so, yeah. but i i'm, I'm really glad because now it's like every time we record something else would come up every time we record there's more healing that would happen and i feel like i'm in a really good place right now you know there's been things that have affected my family like and i didn't want to share this because i don't think people realize the nasty girls listening right now i don't think you realize how much you're greedy actions affect people's lives. I just had to send my son to California to live with his dad so I could get a job. The reason why I started this company was to hold my family together. And not only was my company torn away, not only was my friends and bone party family business torn away, but now my own family dynamic has been torn apart. The things you do and say And the evil that you put out into the world affects people. Just stop. (laughs) Like, do better. Do better.
0: I'm so sorry that's had to happen. But I know that you guys will be together again soon and that everything will be okay.
1: We will. Everything happens for a reason, like I said. Like, you know, we're learning things, lessons. My positive side, my husband's moved to California. It's been really hard on the family. My son is four. He has to... Parents that love each other. <laughs> like it's literally like he's, he's like his parents are divorced but we're together because of the situation. It's just been good. Cause he's been able to go spend time with his dad. He needs that male role model in his life. They're going fishing today. He gets to go to the beach and spend time and build that relationship with him. So like that wouldn't have happened if all this other stuff wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have built other relationships. I wouldn't have met you. Like, um, so I can see the hand playing the pieces in this chess game we called life and how things happen for a reason. But, you know, bad things also happen for a reason. And this is not something that I would wish on anyone. I actually have never in the entire time I was with Bomb Party, despite all of the nonsense, I had never reported anyone, no matter how, what bad things they were doing to me at all ever. And so the way that this all went down is just really hurtful. And I just think people, gosh,
0: people just need to do better. They to be better humans. Yeah. And, you know, I have a message for the mean girls listening, like, you're not immune to this. (laughs) And one day your head will be on the chopping block. And one day you will feel the pain that you've inflicted on others. And you will think back to this moment and you will feel it. And you'll say, Oh, my God, it's coming. It always does. It always comes back around. People always get what they deserve. They always have the day they deserve. So When it's time for you to make decisions on how you should treat people, you should really think about the lasting long effects of that and have some compassion and understanding because everybody's all about it when you're going for somebody else, but who's going to be there when they come for you? So just something to think about. Just something to think about.
1: Yeah. I mean, I had a big team and I'm left with like a few people out of out of 200 that are, that were, you know. Hold like just holding me up, and it's really sad because I've helped a lot of these people change their lives, and and it's very quick. It was very quick for them to turn their back on me. It was really, it was a hard lesson. I feel like it's made me a stronger person. But the other thing, just last thing I have to say about it too, is I've talked to a couple people about this, is if you think that these corporate employees that are your besties and you're a rep are gonna back you when it comes down to them losing their, their huge multi whatever business, dollar business, or their jobs and their family, you better bet your ass. (laughs) They will drop you like a hot potato in a second.
0: Can confirm. (laughs) Thank you so much, Amber. I really appreciated this.
1: Absolutely. Happy to uh, share for sure. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I really appreciate it because I feel like this could be something that enables those who may not have the courage to speak up, speak up. And I mean, maybe some change can happen, but maybe some lives can change in a positive way.
0: Absolutely. If you were harmed by bomb party, and you have a story to share, please hit me up. And thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast or visit our new website at lifeaftermlmpod.com. You can find all of the links to follow in our show notes. Life After MLM is produced by Roberta Blevins. Audio editing is done by the lovely Kayla Craven. Video editing by the indescribable RK Gold. And Michelle Carpenter is our triple emerald princess of robots. If you have a story about a cult, fraud, scam, or MLM and want to be on the show, please hit us up. We would love to help you tell your story and start your healing journey in life after MLM. See you next time, hunz.